0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Y'all, y'all, I am a glass case of emotions. I watched that Adele special on CBS last night, I had to download the Paramount Plus app because y'all know I don't have no TV and no cable and no bunny ears over here. I don't even watch TV. I watch everything on like my big desktop screen. I had to get Paramount Plus and then I had to wait until 1036 PST. I kept refreshing the app until it went off the live feed for them to put it up on the Paramount Plus app. And I have been watching that Adele Oprah special nonstop with the exception of sleeping nonstop for the last 24 hours. I am in every cancer feeling that I have ever had. I love Adele. I love her. I love her. I love her energy, I love her personality, I love her voice, and I loved everything about that special. I loved Adele's dress, I loved her Saturn earrings, I loved her updo, I loved her voice, I loved the Griffith Observatory, I loved sunset in LA and all those beautiful ass views, especially looking at downtown where I am. Y'all saw me, y'all didn't know to wave to me. When y'all saw LA in the downtown of the background, when they did those those aerial shots, that was me. Y'all should have waved that's where I am oh my god everything about that special was magical Adele's voice you look like a movie you sound like a song I have been breaking into full song like I'm living in a musical all freaking day all the new songs that like Adele debuted last night I can sing them all word for word right now that's how many times I've listened to watch this special All the merchandise for the drop came in. The drop is happening at the end of the week. And I was sitting in the middle of the floor, counting everything to make sure like everything is accounted for. And like now I know the words to like everything. I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be. So many of you commented last week about me talking about him. Just FYI, I thought I had given y'all this disclaimer at like the beginning of this. Okay. Me and him is a saga. Pay no attention to the highs and the lows. It like never really ends. So last week, like, you know, I was on some like, fuck you. And he was like, please do. And then I was more mad about him, like not getting mad with me. And I fully understand that like, you know, yelling, fuck you at somebody is completely dysfunctional. This isn't my healthiest, most adult self. Don't follow any examples that I'm setting here. This is do as I say, not as I do. Put no emotional investment into this situation. It's just, it's, it's pure chaos. This is our pattern. It's what we do. You look like a movie. You sound like a song. God, that Adele special was so freaking amazing. Adele looked beautiful when she was sitting in Oprah's rose garden. I want a rose garden. Do I need to have like billions to have a rose garden? Can you have a rose garden It's like a thousand air. I really want a rose garden. It was so pretty. Adele looked beautiful in her all white, her cocaine white suit. It was bedazzled. With rhinestones, she looks so pretty. I never realized her eyes were so beautiful before. Her hair was expensive blonde. She's always been a beautiful woman, but like with the lost weight, you can really see like the crispness of her bone structure. She looks amazing. Adele's one of those people, like, girl, like, I mean, she looks nice and she seems very happy and content at her current size. But I was like, girl, I didn't complain about your previous size. It's like the Luther situation. Big Luther, little Luther, like, big Adele, little Adele. Can you hit your high notes? That's all I care about. You know, one thing, I was watching this Adele special, and I'm actually going to be serious for a moment. I mean, I've had my red wine, which you can probably tell. On a serious note for just a moment, I was watching this Adele special And I got really sad at one point and not like relationship sad, but like grief and mourning sad. I just had this real like visceral grief about Amy Winehouse. And I know that might be like a weird thing to say, but it's like another white woman from the UK who sings very soulfully and like sounds like a black woman, which is part of Adele's appeal. Not to say that Adele doesn't have a magnificent, wonderful, lovely voice. Not to say that Adele is not one of the greatest songwriters of our time because she is. But part of the intrigue about Adele from white people and black people is that it's a white woman who sings like a 60 year old black woman who was raised in the church. The black Baptist Southern church, maybe Kojic Pentecostal, but a black Southern church specifically. But that's what Adele sings like. But it's like this weird combination of like, okay, you're not only are you white, but you're not even like American or American South. Like you're from the UK, but you embody this like deep, soulful black woman spirit. It's just, it's weird. And again, she has a beautiful voice that takes nothing away from her. But like, I just kind of think sometimes like... Jasmine Sullivan has a voice like that. Why is Jasmine Sullivan not singing in front of like the Griffith Observatory with like the drones and, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Oprah and Dwayne Wade and Gabby and Tyler Perry and Ava and Gail and um, Nicole Richie and and all the other celebrities that were sitting in the audience, Lizzo. Like, why doesn't Jasmine Sullivan get that? Because Jasmine Sullivan can blow, too. But I just kind of think that, like, we kind of expect black women to be able to blow. So it's kind of like not a thing. Like, oh, yet another black woman who can, like, sing her ass off. Look at you. Like, it's not really an anomaly. But then you see, like, a white woman like Adele or, like, you know, Celine Dion. Same difference. French-Canadian white woman who blows. Like, you're like, oh, wow. You're, like, petite and white. You sing like a black woman. It's, like, such an anomaly. Let's like give you a million Grammys and like pay you a bunch of money. I don't want Adele not to have awards. I don't want Adele not to be at the Griffith. I just also want like, you know, Jasmine Sullivan to be there too. That's all I'm saying. Not take from Adele, but add to Jasmine Sullivan. But I say all that to say, I really missed Amy Winehouse. And I really loved her. And like her life ended far too soon. And it's a tragedy. And watching Adele stand up there and, you know, make it to 30 That Amy Winehouse, I think she died at 27. It just, I don't know. It just made me think of Amy and I got really sad because I think Amy Winehouse should have that experience as well. But I hope Lizzo also has that chance one day because Lizzo is also freaking amazing. I want Adele to have all the nice things, but I also want black women who share her vocal range and her talent to also have all the nice things as well. That's all I'm saying. Adele looked beautiful in her dress and her Saturn earrings with her Saturn tattoo at the Griffith Observatory. And I was like, whoever put the Saturn earrings on and didn't like cover up her Saturn tattoo and let like the whole orbit thing, the orbit imagery, like let loose. Very nice touch. You look like a movie. You sound like a song. Speaking of women who can sing, Shaka Khan and Stephanie Mills are doing a versus. It's actually up the street for me at the Ace Hotel. I can literally like walk there in five minutes. I wonder if there's still tickets available. I would totally go to that. That was Saturday morning music. Not for my mother either, my father. My father's favorite Saturday morning activity was to go into the basement, blast his music as loud as humanly possible, and then put on headphones and sing along to it. So the rest of the house be dead. My mother was already up. I would wake up to my father blasting his random Saturday morning soul music. I don't remember him actually playing Shaka Khan, but Stephanie Mills? I've seen people talking about this versus. They were like, Shaka Khan is going to blow her out. And I was like, going to blow who out? Not Stephanie Mills. Not Stephanie Mills. Shaka Khan may be more popular now. But Stephanie Mills, her little like, and I do mean little. She's like 4'11". Her little ass can sing. Ain't nobody ever going to blow out Stephanie Mills. To be quite honest, I think Stephanie Mills might win the verses. Like, Shaka Ma'am can sing, no doubt. Shaka Ma'am is a legend, but so is Stephanie Mills. You might not be familiar, but Stephanie Mills, look, Stephanie Mills gets to talk about she feel good all over. It's, it's a rap. Stephanie Mills started talking about, I've learned to respect the power of love. It's done. Shaka got the range. I don't know if she could keep up with Stephanie's range, though. Ain't no blowout. Stop it. If you ain't familiar, just say you ain't familiar. But don't disrespect the Stephanie. Stephanie can hit you with the final verse of home and everybody's going home. It's a wrap. Stephanie start talking about the comfort of a man. Stop it. Stop it. Go on YouTube. Get reacquainted or introduce yourself. Don't play yourself talking about some blowout. No, no. No, no. Don't disrespect the Stephanie. Madam Mills. Oh, there's so much going on this week. It's a good week for music. Allegedly, I believe, Maxwell has a new single coming out. I think it drops at midnight for the West Coast. Let me go on his page. I think it's called Off. It says the first from the finale, hashtag MXWLnight. Oh, no, it says zero hours, zero minutes. Does that mean it's here? Where do I listen to it, though? It doesn't say where I can find it. Night is coming. Muse.com. Commemorating the 25th anniversary of Urban Hang Suite. Sir, where do I find this new music? It's some song called Off, but I don't know where to like, hear the music to get off. I'm confused. Well, I know Adele drops on Friday. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Sorry, I keep pressing the thing, trying to figure out like, where to hear the song at. In musical news... But not quite music. Little Nas X apparently is going to be on the Maury show. So Little Nas X, who by the way is on the latest cover of GQ, because he's musician of the year, which I think totally well deserved. He's been killing it. Um, but he's doing more promo for his latest album, specifically the song "That's What I Want." It's the one where he um, he makes out with a football player in the locker room. They're in a relationship and then he goes to surprise the guy at his house only to find out that he's married with a kid. So little Nas X has been posting this video of like a Maury clip. Like Maury, the talk show host, right? It's in the clip. Maury's always known for like, you know, is he the father? Or, you know, outing people from like their relationships. So he's turned the situation from his video into more trolling, more marketing. Well, now he's involving Maury in it. And it seems like it's going to be an actual episode that airs on Maury on Wednesday. It's a spoof though, like very clearly a spoof. The marketing video that he's been posting is clearly featuring him, Maury, obviously, but it's the guy from the video that he made out with and the wife from the video and the kid. But I'm seeing like major outlets that don't realize that this is a spoof and think little Nas X in real life is going on Mori to confront his boyfriend or his ex-boyfriend who's married. But everybody and their mother is talking about it. And I was like, this young man, marketing genius, professional troller. I love him. He's forcing people to talk about this album with these antics. I just absolutely love him. He's so good.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home. And then there's a version of it where you have someone help you. You watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. (laughs) I have fully or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot <sighs>
0: CNN. And if you're a long-term listener to this podcast, you know that like I used to be a CNN devotee. I say that to say, last I heard, Kamala Harris was off in Paris France is one of the U.S.'s oldest allies, and there had been a kerfluffle. I want to say, over something that had to do with submarines, with the French government. So Kamala Harris went over on a nice diplomatic mission, and it was praised as going very well. From what I read, she and the president of France did a sit-down, and it lasted so long that the advisors wanted to come in and interrupt them. But they were actually getting on like very well. I heard he gave her like a personal tour of... um. I don't know if palace is the right word or their version of the White House, but she did good and she was widely praised for that. So CNN, for reasons I don't completely understand, especially as they're like a liberal network, dropped this piece on Sunday night entitled Exasperation and Dysfunction Inside Kamala Harris's Frustrating Start as Vice President. So I saw it. And I was like, oh, there must be, you know, major T for CNN of all places. Again, a very liberal news outlet to write this type of piece talking about exasperation and dysfunction about Kamala Harris. I was like, oh, well, let me settle in. I got up on Monday morning. I got my coffee and I sat down at my desk and I was ready to read. It was. It's a good, I scrolled forever. I would say like a good 3,500, 4,000 words maybe. It is a lengthy, hefty feature. They talk to everybody and their mother. It's tons of sources on the record and off. Ain't no tea. The piece starts off and I guess they wanted to like really get readers engaged because that's what you do with like, you know, your opening setup. And I say that as like a journalist and a writer. Like you want people to be like, oh, we're going to start with the TT. tea. tea. So apparently there was this like spoof piece about Kamala Harris on the onion and disgruntled staffers send it around to each other sometimes when they're frustrated with their boss. And I was like, that's your lead? Like, that's like your, your good scalding hot tea to like get people invested in this piece about exasperation and dysfunction? That's basic office politics shit. Everybody's annoyed with the big boss. Everyone talks shit about their boss. Like, it's just, it is what it is. But the worst that they're saying about their boss is like, this is the second paragraph where they should be spilling the juice to like suck you into the story. This story writes, interviews with nearly three dozen former and current Harris aides, administration officials, Democratic operatives, donors, and outside advisors who spoke extensively to CNN reveal a complex reality inside the White House. Many in the vice president's circle fume that she's not being adequately prepared or positioned and instead is being sidelined. That's not Kamala Harris doing anything. She's not being adequately prepared. That means someone's supposed to be preparing her who isn't. She's not being adequately positioned. That means someone who's supposed to be positioning her isn't. She's being sidelined. That means someone greater than her is sidelining her. Why is this piece not about that person? Why is the title not about that person or those people? Why is it about Kamala Harris? I don't get it. The vice president herself, I'm reading again from CNN, told several confidants she feels constrained in what she's able to do politically. Okay. That's not exasperation or dysfunction. Frustration. But if you got a full-time job and you ain't frustrated, are you really working? But I read this whole lengthy piece and... The biggest takeaway is that Kamala Harris is too loyal to Biden, i.e. her boss, who asked her to be vice president. Like, yeah, she probably should be loyal to him. She's his vice president. Or the Biden administration is not making its best use of her which doesn't say she's inadequate or she's dysfunctional or she's not able to say that they're not making their best use of her is to acknowledge that she's a smart, competent and capable woman who's being underutilized. See, Is that worthy of a CNN feature? And I don't say that as somebody who's like super gung ho team Harris. I've been one of those people that's been like, where are you? We haven't seen you in forever. And when I wrote something earlier today and I was like, I think that there's a valid criticism that she hasn't been very visible short of that whole diplomatic mission to France, which was, you know, widely covered literally last week. But okay, it's weird that you would pick like literally the week after her highest level of visibility in months to drop a story about how she's not visible. But okay, I feel that like not being visible enough warrants a 3000 word story on CNN where the headline is talking about. Again, dysfunction and exasperation. I couldn't find exasperation and dysfunction. I could find like, you know, bureaucratic bullshit and a lot of hands in the pot. Dysfunction and exasperation? Mm. Exasperation, maybe People are frustrated. Okay. I don't know, but there's no quotes of like, you know, people blowing up like at their wits end. Remember like there was some time, there was a Barack Obama quote. And it was about like the way he didn't like to interact with the press. Let me see if I can find it on my page. because I thought it was the funniest quote ever. The press was complaining about why Barack Obama wasn't speaking to them. And the quote that came out was um, something because I don't like those motherfuckers. Something like that. <laughs> Here we go. Obama was this is from Insider. The headline is Obama was peeved at being called aloof by reporters and he vented motherfuckers I'm aloof with you because I don't want to talk to you (laughs) this CNN article has none of those quotes we're very smart type a Washingtonian type people are just at their wits end and start saying all sorts of crazy shit that give you a true sense of their exasperation there's not one quote like that in the article there's not anything remotely juicy in this whole article you're talking about people are exasperated there's full of dysfunction where are my quotes where's my shock and awe? Literally the biggest complaints in this article are Harris is too loyal to Biden, not visible. Oh, that's what I was going to say about talking about this on Instagram. I said something about like, okay, fair enough. Like until the, the Paris trip, I was like, yo, where's Kamala Harris? Like we haven't seen her in like ages. Like what is she up to? And somebody pointed out and they were like, since when is the vice president super visible? Tell me something Al Gore did when he was working with Clinton. Like we think about Al Gore, like we think about, Him doing that awkward kiss with Tipper. We think about him talking about how he invented the internet. We think about global warming. But all of that stuff was when Al Gore was campaigning for president. None of that is a memory from when he was vice president. I had to think real hard about who Bush's vice president was. Wasn't that Cheney? But the Cheney stories aren't run-of-the-mill administration stuff. Like When I think about Cheney, I think about, didn't he almost shoot somebody's head off on a hunting trip? And then he was getting all that money on the back end from the war? Am I remembering Cheney right? The only time we heard about Biden is when he was saying like stupid gaff shit when he was on his Uncle Joe. I don't remember anyone talking about like actual like political work that Biden was doing. Like he was Barack's bestie and he would make stupid gaffes sometimes. Like he was like the gaffe king. But all of a sudden, like Kamala Harris as vice president is supposed to be like super visible. Like she's the number two. She's supposed to be in the background. No, that's not the job. The only juicy thing I could find in this long-ass piece, because there were no quotes, there were no outrageous stories. There's run-of-the-mill stuff that, like, you know, maybe she should have said this instead of that. There's conversation about how the White House is more protective of uh, transportation secretary. Pete, there's, there's more conversation about how the White House is more protective of Pete than they are for Kamala Harris, but that's, again, not on Kamala. The only thing that's, like, like relatively, like, juicy or scandalous is the time Kamala Harris's staff sent her to a fundraiser and it was during COVID. It was at some mini mansion outdoors and people were unmasked and apparently they were serving Indian food at a buffet during a pandemic. Not the best idea, but again, we're talking about outdoors at a mini mansion, which means there's plenty of space. They don't have masks on, but again, they're outdoors. outdoors. They're not packed together. The buffet, I can't justify that. That's just a bad fucking idea. That's a bad fucking idea before the pandemic. But that's hardly a scandal and definitely not an occasion that rises to like CNN during this whole like basically hit piece about Kamala Harris in the title. But most of the complaints in the piece are not even about Kamala Harris. Her aides are frustrated. Name me one boss that doesn't have assistants or underlings that are not frustrated with them half the time. I just... And again, I'm not the biggest Kamala Harris fan. I voted for Biden Harris, but it was on some real like, what was the fucking alternative? Trump? Come on. I don't have like some undying love for her. Like I wanted to support her as a a black woman being elected to vice president. Like I want to see black women in high places, but admittedly, she ain't really done much since she's been there. That's fair. She's also vice president. It's a low key job. Very disappointed in CNN for this piece. And I'm just like, yo, y'all ain't got nothing else to talk about. It was that slow of a news day where y'all published this shit. No, it's not the scandal I was expecting. You tell me people are exasperated and there's dysfunction. I want to hear about some drama. This ain't it. I'm sure there's some, but the reporters didn't get those quotes. You know, but there is drama. And I almost don't even want to talk about this because it's so Disgusting. Rolling Stone dropped a hit piece this morning. Rolling Stone dropped this expose this morning about Marilyn Manson. And I seen buzz about Marilyn Manson, and I wasn't sure exactly what the complaints were. I mean, I don't keep up with Marilyn Manson. I remember the height of Marilyn Manson's fame, like when I was in high school, maybe my first two years of college. Tall, lanky, white man who looks satanic and dressed like a damn demon. The Beautiful People was the only song I remember. And it was really catchy and had a great bass line. And I remember looking up the lyrics once and being like, what the fuck is this? Something about like fascist ruling, like it, crazy shit. But I never really paid that much attention to Marilyn Manson. I had just passed him off in my head as a marketing creation for shock value. Like, I remember all the conservatives and, and the super Christians being... All up in arms because, like, you know, he worships Satan and, you know, he said crazy shit about, like, raping people, killing people, the devil worship imagery. I wanna say he also had that weird eye thing that Method Man was doing for a while. The 90s were a weird fucking time, but I never really paid that much attention to him. He popped back on my radar maybe like a month and change ago, if that long. Kanye West did a Sunday sermon. Marilyn Manson and Justin Bieber were at the Sunday sermon with him there was a little bit of fuss about Marilyn Manson like why the fuck would Kanye have him there and in my head I was like oh because of like the devil worship thing and then Kanye's all God, God, God now. And so I was like, oh, that must be the juxtaposition. But I was like, you know, maybe Marilyn Manson's had a change of heart. What he was in the nineties as somebody in his twenties is entirely different than who you might be like twenty-five years later. I didn't really think much more about it than that. But I did see enough people being like, yo, that's really fucked up that he had him there. I just didn't investigate it because I just didn't care that much about Marilyn Manson. But I woke up this morning and and everyone was talking about this Rolling Stone piece about Marilyn Manson. And I was like, well, why does his name keep coming up? So I went and read this piece on Rolling Stone. I wanted, I was i was disgusted. I wanted to throw up while reading it. You remember we talked about um, the R. Kelly trial and we only talked about it very briefly because some of the details that were coming out of the trial, I think I, I talked about some of the craziest stuff and I was like, I feel like, disgusting with these words coming out of my mouth and you hearing me even say these words describing what witnesses are saying that Kelly did to them when they were testifying in court, just repeating it, reading quotes of the transcripts that were published in reputable news publications. It was just disgusting to me. You know, sometimes I like to read to you um, the quotes of some things that are said because I don't want to paraphrase, but in this instance, I'm going to because it's just so gross I posted some of it on my, on my Instagram page. I had to put a trigger warning up just to do screenshots from Rolling Stone because the allegations are so disgusting. But the headline of this Rolling Stone article is Marilyn Manson, the monster hiding in plain sight. And the deck is, he was a provocative media darling for decades. Offstage, exes allege he was an abuser who made their lives hell. And so Rolling Stone's story, They did an investigation that's based on court documents and more than 55 new interviews. So the story starts off talking about this apartment that Marilyn Manson lived in. And the former tenant had turned a a corner of the apartment into a recording studio. And they turned it into a soundproof situation. When Marilyn Manson moved in, He turned this soundproof recording studio into what he called as the bad girl's room. So when he would have women over to his place, if they displeased him or he felt like abusing them or whatever he got into his head where he thought like a woman was bad and needed to be punished, he would lock her in this room. Rolling Stones described it as, quote, solitary, a solitary confinement cell used to psychologically torture women. And there were women that they interviewed, girlfriends of his ex-girlfriends, I guess, that said that he would keep them in there for hours to punish them for the tiniest perceived grievances. Rolling Stones interviewed several of the women that that Marilyn Manson dated. And the narrative is the same with nearly every one of them. Sleep deprivation, food deprivation. Women talk about uh, he bit them, he cut them. One woman talks about she was electrocuted. He whipped her without her consent. He raped her repeatedly during their relationship together. He chased her with an ax. Like crazy shit. There was another woman, a, a girlfriend. She said that they had a consensual sexual relationship for a few months. And she recalls that one time she woke up and while she had been sleeping, he bound her ankles and wrists together behind her and was sexually penetrating her. And she said, she told him to stop and said no multiple times. And he told her to quote, shut the fuck up and be quiet. The same woman, she says Marilyn Manson without her consent, She says Marilyn Manson raped her several times. She said he also carved the initials MM on her thigh. He threw a Nazi knife at her face and he also cut her with a different knife while they were having sex. This is another woman. She talks about the sleep deprivation, the food he wanted to quote, weaken her physically and mentally and decrease her ability to refuse him. She says between the sleep deprivation, drug use and malnourishment, her weight dropped to approximately 80 pounds. It's a grown ass woman. It's another woman. She says she was bitten until, quote, her body was covered in bruises. On another occasion, he cut her with a knife during sex. He took pictures of her naked mutilated body and posted them online. Rolling Stone and speaking to one of his girlfriends, she makes sense of Manson, who, by the way, I don't think I ever really thought about Marilyn Manson's name. His real name is something like Bill Warner, Bruce Warner, like something very generic. But he picked the name Marilyn Manson, Marilyn after Marilyn Monroe and her tragic drug induced ending. And then Manson as in Charles, the serial killer. That's how he came up with Marilyn Manson. So the ex-girlfriend, in making sense of how Marilyn Manson was able to get away with this shit for so long, she says, quote, We give an awful lot of slack to men like this, and especially in the music industry. If you're not a womanizer and a complete misogynist, are you really a rock star at all? Marilyn, quote unquote, just took it to the extreme. As did many people around him. So Rolling Stone got to interviewing people and was like, so all of y'all saw this shit and nobody said anything? And I'm not even reading you the craziest stuff. That's just like the stuff I feel comfortable paraphrasing. There's sick shit in this article. Whips, chains, recording people while they're like choking them and wanting to use the clips on the album. Submitted it to the record label and the record label finally was like, you've gone too far. There was a woman talking about like molesting a child. And the record label was like, okay, 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 okay. In the interviews, it sounds very similar to R. Kelly. They were like, yeah, everybody knew what he was into. Everybody knew what he did. And they were like, not only did they know, a lot of people just joined in and participated. Like, oh, we're going to like beat bitches today? Oh, okay. Like Rolling Stone said, it was a monster in plain sight. It's not like he tried to hide that he was into like devil shit or even Nazi shit. I don't think I knew he was a racist though. There's a couple points in the article where... um They talk about like he specifically liked to use the N-word in front of black people. And I was like, what black people are these? That must be some real Hollywood. And I don't mean L.A. I mean like weird Hollywood ass black people. You're like the ones people be like, oh, you a Hollywood ass nigga. Because I can't see your run of the mill black person letting anybody let loose with an n bomb and being all right with that. Like I'm thinking like a Terry Crews type black person. Be like, oh, he don't mean nothing by it. Yeah, he does. There was also another mention in the article about there was a specific type of gas that was used in the chambers in Nazi Germany, like to, to kill Jewish people. And he had an, I don't know if it was an original canister or it was a replica of this canister, but he had this specific type of gas in his house. And they point out in the article, Jewish folk would come to the house he would always make a point of showing them this canister. They also talk about his apartment and they talked about like he had like swastikas all over the walls. That's crazy shit. I mean, all of it's crazy shit, right? But then I also think about like the women who dating him who were like he tortured me and he did this crazy shit and in no way whatsoever am I saying that you know anybody's justified for for being raped or tortured or cut or mutilated or deprived of of food or sleep or or any of those things like the mofo is crazy and the shit he did is abysmal and should not have been done but I also just kind of wonder about like these women I'm like you went to this man's house and you saw swastikas on the wall You heard him dropping in bombs. You saw paraphernalia from Nazi Germany and you still fuck with him. That wasn't a red flag. The devil worship thing is probably the only thing that I'm kind of like, I wouldn't do it. I'm also one of those people that's like real weird about spirits and stuff. Like, you notice I don't celebrate Halloween. You might've thought like, okay, Marilyn Manson is just an act, right? Like it's a, it's a stage persona, something he does to like be provocative, you know, get the people going. I mean, I don't play with the occult that way, but okay. But maybe you thought that was it. I was like, but just specifically, like, you were okay with, like, the anti Semitism and, like, the blatant racism. That didn't bother you? It bothered me. But it didn't bother you. I think you should be under the jail the same way that R. Kelly is, the same way that Weinstein is, because the shit that, that they're describing is disgusting and horrible and violating and abusive there's a a bit of uh, what's the word it took some of my sympathy away for the women when I read about like the swastikas and the embalms and I was like oh you want me to feel bad for you I hate when intersectionality kicks in because like as a woman I'm just like oh my god that's so horrible but as like a black person I'm just like so you didn't care about the embalms but you want me to care about you uh, okay. I mean, it's fucked up. It's absolutely fucked up. I'm not going to get on a mountaintop and scream about it, though. I will also say this, though. And I said this and somebody corrected me because I've been too liberal with Kanye and I know I have. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with Kanye that he would invite this man into his inner circle? It's Especially now when I didn't know these allegations were swirling because I don't pay attention to Marilyn Manson. But Kanye was on this kick, especially with this album, where he invited all these people into the orbit that had been outcast. So, like, the first video for this Donda album, the the song is No Child Left Behind. I call it He's Done Miracles on Me. I love the song. The organ chords, my grandmother paid the organ. It hits me right in the chest. But Shikari Richardson, the track star, she was fresh off a disqualification at the Olympics because her mother had just died. And she got caught with weed in her system. So she was disqualified. Everyone was really beating up on her over it. And Kanye put her in the video, the week of all that hullabaloo, to the song, He's Done Miracles on Me. So it was like a bit of redemption for her. So I was like, okay, I think that's good. I think that's a beautiful gesture. I see the compassion and the open-heartedness in that. I make a distinction, I would say, between a woman who smokes weed and only is really harming herself. Like nobody else was really impacted by that decision other than her fans who were rooting for her. But it's her future that she kind of fucked up with that. That's entirely different from like inviting a man who's been accused of rape and torture by multiple women. And not just accused like lawsuits filed. Like a lot of them are civil suits, but they're a matter of, of legal public record. They're not just frivolous rumor and hearsay and chit chat. Multiple women over decades with the same story. It's very R. Kelly ish in this way. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with Kanye that he would invite these people into his circle? The baby was also part of this whole, like, let me welcome you into the circle thing. Kanye, I think he was holding up his album, waiting on a verse from the baby, because he just has this certain, like, affinity for him. I guess the baby came out and said he would vote for Kanye when Kanye was talking about running for president. And Kanye, like, loved his loyalty. So he was holding up his album for him. But the baby was fresh off that controversy. Not the current one that just happened yesterday. I'm, I'll get into that at another time because that cycle's not done playing out yet. And I don't want to talk about it twice. But his last controversy, he did a concert and started talking about like people with AIDS, homophobic shit. Like it just came out of total left field. And it was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you say that? Nobody was asking you for that. Like you just jumped out there with that shit. But Kanye welcomed him in the fold, him, Marilyn Manson. And I was like, why are you associating with these degenerates? Because Kanye's a degenerate too. Kanye's out here saying crazy shit like slavery is a choice. He's supporting Trump, who's a fucking bigot, walking around in this MAGA hat. He said all sorts of disrespectful shit to women in his verses. The way he went after Amber with a whole album because he was mad she broke up with him. Yeah, it was a good album, but still, that's fucked up. They were like, yo, Kanye's a fuck boy. Stop supporting him. And I was like, oh, but the music, but the music and the music is different. It's not like R. Kelly. They're like Demetria. You supporting a fuck boy. You're right. You're right. The Marilyn Manson thing is the thing that like tipped me over the edge. You knew that this man was accused of this heinous shit and welcomed him into the fold. And look, I always say that there's grace for those that seek it. But I'm also like, but where did you seek grace? Like, how are you making amends? Like, if you've done terrible things, okay, what are you doing to make amends, if anything? Because Marilyn Manson is denying all of these accusations from all of these different women over this vast time period. I want to say a good 20 years. But he's denying everything. He's like, no, 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 never happened. No, 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 never happened. Circumstantial never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Grace, for those that seek it, and also grace for those that seek it doesn't mean, like, no accountability Or no punishment or no consequences. If he did the shit that he's accused of, he needs to be locked away for like ever. He's not safe for society. Which, as Rolling Stone points out, like, didn't he show us that? Hasn't he been showing us that for the last 30 years? Like, we all thought it was like a marketing scheme. Not we all. Because a lot of people were like, I saw that shit and I thought it was sick back then. A lot of people did call, this is some sick shit. He not playing with y'all. He's sick. People said it back then. I I was a teenager. I'm going to give myself grace. Literally at the height of Marilyn Manson's fame, I was probably like between 15 and 19. I thought it was just a marketing shit. I had no idea this man was actually out here like raping people, torturing them. That's crazy. There's much more we could talk about. I want to talk about this situation with the baby and his, um, his children's mothers. I mean, I want to talk about the drama that they're going through, that they're posting all over the internet. I'm recording this on Monday night. This saga started on Sunday night. He went live in the middle of this argument. And then all day today, she started posting all these videos trying to prove that she wasn't the side chick. He posted videos holding the baby and talking about he's a great father. The girl's mother started posting the baby's first baby mama. She started posting. I saw at least three videos from her. The second baby mama, her sister posted, her brother posted. I was like, why are y'all putting all this shit on the internet? This is y'all's real life. There is chaos and confusion and a shit show. All this is, is to me and everybody else sitting at home is fucking something to talk about in entertainment. But like, there's real world consequences to this shit. People got babies. People got records. And I don't mean like records to sell. I mean like police records, charges and shit. There's a three-month-old baby at the center of this. Uh, I'm not trying to make sense of this shit today. But I hope that they just get the fuck away from each other. At some point, they can, you know, hash out a a proper parenting plan to take care of this child. So they can co-parent this baby. So they can co-parent this baby, this, this small human, effectively. But right now, they don't need to be together. They don't need to be near each other. And they need to get off the goddamn internet. I swear to God, if somebody don't cut them, I swear to God, if somebody don't cut that goddamn Wi (sighs) Fi, we'll get to more of that story later this week because I know it's not done. It's only Monday. There's going to be some more wild shit. And I would bet anything the two of them get back together, as much as they don't need to be together. I almost guarantee they'll be back together. Pray for the youth, pray for birth control. This last couple weeks, between insecure and, and summer walker, it don't even make you want to take birth control. It just makes you want to be celibate. Like, just just don't touch me. Don't touch me. Leave me, leave me be. I want no parts of the penis. I'm good. It's too much drama attached. I don't want it. I'm good. Oh, by the way, the merch is dropping this week. Tune in to my Instagram. I would suggest you turn your notifications on. I'll give you 24 hours notice for the drop. Everything's actually already up on the website. I just have to push a button to make it live. I just got to sort out my schedule. I actually have a really busy social schedule this week, but I just need to make it live and then we're good to go. All the merch is in house. Thank you, God. But turn your notifications on on Instagram. I do the ratchet and respectable drops like once a year. I got a ton of stuff for this one. I'm not planning a second one. May the odds be forever in your favor. That is the episode for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you want, don't waste your pretty merch before the uh, the Ratchet and Respectable drop goes live and then all the shipping gets kind of crazy. I would suggest you get it ASAP. There are still T's and V's and mugs and hoodies, especially, and hoodies, especially the plush sizes available on the website everything else is ratchet and respectable and it'll drop later this week all right that's not everything but that's all i've got for tonight so we will talk again on friday okay bye
1: america we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights life liberty and the pursuit of happiness